Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You believe that? Are you ready to worship the Lord? Come on, are you ready to worship the Lord? Let's all stand to our feet then. Here we go. Yeah. 
Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's sing it together. All right. Here we go. the God who 
joy in the house of the Lord. Everybody put a smile on your face if you would. Turn around and tell somebody you sure do look good today. Amen. And then we're going to continue to worship. and go ahead and be seated because we have some announcements and Brother Martin's going to give them to you. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. Good morning. Uh, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, do we have any first-time visitors? If we have any first-time visitors, signify it by raising your hand. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to have one of our ushers. Keep your hand up. We're going to have one of our ushers. Put your hand down, Jocelyn. We're going to have one of our ushers come and give you a uh, visitor's card. Just turn that in as you leave. We just want to know that you are here. Uh, so a couple things. We have Wednesday morning Bible study in the Fellowship Hall from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, have a full slate on Wednesday. Uh, we do have Wednesday night services here. Uh, 6 p.m. Miss Mary normally feeds us a good dinner. And then uh, youth meet in here. We have something for children and adults. Uh, Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, I've been teaching the adults the past few weeks and have thoroughly enjoyed it. If you want to know a little more about the Bible, that is a great place to get that knowledge. We do need help for teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. If you'll see Miss Cindy over here, if you would uh, be able to volunteer, that would be amazing. Uh, we do have our giving, uh, tithing can be done by uh, check or cash uh, in the basket. We do have online set up, which is giving.landmarktyler.com. And it used to be that you had to set up a PayPal. That is no longer the case. You can just simply get on, get on there and give. Uh, we do, do need volunteers to help on the cleaning team. Uh, we have people that come up here every week. And they clean this church for us so that we can show up and be like, wow, somebody did a great job. But it doesn't just happen automatically. So if you're interested in volunteering, see Miss Kate Johnson back here, and she can get you in on that rotation. Uh, we do have movie night coming up next week, next Sunday, January 29th, uh, 6 p.m. We are watching another episode of The Chosen. We'll have popcorn, candy, all that good stuff. Uh, life recovery class at 1 p.m. today. And then we have something coming up for um, our young ladies. What, what age is Miss Cindy?
So if you have any young ladies, K through 12, you're more than welcome to come. I'm sure Miss Cindy would love the help. And True Girl is actually, it's actually, I guess, maybe, I know they make a Bible version of True Girl that I normally recommend for teenage young ladies, so I'm sure it probably has something to do with that, so... Yeah, so if you're interested in helping or bringing your daughters, granddaughters, uh, please sign up, see Miss Cindy. If you have any other questions, I'm sure they will have a great time. I am not a true girl, so it doesn't apply to me. So <laughs> other than that, let's praise our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Brother Martin, me and you need to put on a, a bad boy pajama party or something. Amen. We can do it. We can do it. All right. Well, I hope that you came uh, expecting God to do something today. I just, uh, I'm excited about the word I have for you today about what God's going to do in this place. Amen. We have a reason to praise the Lord. Amen. So if you would, let's all stand. We're going to continue to worship if you would.
He's our way maker. Amen. You can be seated if you would.
aching, every hurt, every pain, every confliction, Lord, in our lives. Lord, we have strived, Lord, to overcome, but we can't do it in our own strength. Father, we come to you walking as close to you as we can get so that we may know you, so we may know your greatness and your goodness, oh God, so we can know the power of your love, Lord, that wants to infiltrate every heart and every soul and every mind. Father, I ask that you anoint Mark in his message today. Father, we may hear the words that you would have us hear. Lord, that we would shut out everything in the world around us and only heed your word. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over this house this morning. Lord God, that all the influxes of the enemy would not come in here and try to take control. Father, that you would have full control and that your Holy Spirit would fall like a fire from the throne of God. Lord, we praise you for who you are because there is none like you. In all of the universe and all of the spiritual world, Lord, there is none like you. You are God and there is no other. You are God and there's none like you for telling the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, I will keep my own counsel and I will do all my pleasure. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. In the name of your Son, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we give praise. Amen. 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 God is good. And all the time. Amen. Come on, let's try it again. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Hey, if you have children who would like to go to Children's Church, uh, they can meet Miss Cindy, Miss April over there at the door, and uh, give our children and our workers a big hand, if you would. They always do such a great job. When you bring your kids to Landmark, we don't want them to just get babysat. We want them to get the Word of God, and our teachers do just that. Amen. They don't just babysit. They teach them the Word of God, teach them Bible stories, and uh, they are in good hands. Amen. Are you glad to be here this morning? Some of you need to tell your face. Amen. Smile at me. Amen. You only got to look at me. I got to look at all of y'all. Amen. So, uh, hey, I want to share a word with you uh, that kind of comes from this past week. Uh, I don't know what other preachers will tell you. I'll tell you most of the time when I'm preaching, I'm probably preaching it myself or I'm preaching on something that I'm struggling with or I'm preaching on something related to what I'm going through because the only life that I live is this one. And so I, I pretty much have to uh, uh, let it flow out of what's going on in my life, amen? So many times when I'm sharing with you, I'm preaching it myself. Uh, maybe it's an area I'm struggling in. Maybe it's an area. But where all this came from this week was uh, we pulled out a bunch of old home videos, and we started reminiscing. You ever done that? Some of you don't look like you like doing that, amen? Because you remember how skinny you were, how young you looked, and, uh, <laughs> and I was a skinnier, and I was definitely younger. Uh, but when you get my age and uh, fixing, fixing to be 60, you get to the point in life where you start to kind of look back over your life, don't you? 
And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. And all this week as we were going through those old home videos, it made me just well up inside with the goodness of God and the mercy of God and all the things that God has allowed me to be a part of that, quite honestly, I didn't deserve to be a part of most of them. But God allowed me out of his great love and his mercy to be a part of some things. And I saw all these different chapters in my life. And it, 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 it made me reminisce, and it, made me, it gave me a lot of precious memories. You know that old song, Precious Memories, How They Linger, amen? It gave me a lot of precious memories, but it also inspired me. Because here's what you've heard me say before is this. The past is wonderful, and we need to enjoy the past. We need to appreciate the past. We need to reminisce about the past, but you cannot live in the past. We must live in the present and understand that there's a future, and we are where we are right now because God has a purpose for such a time as this. Amen? Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. Amen? I'm wound up tighter than the clock. You got to help me, okay? So um, the, uh, the thing that we need to understand is this. Uh, I, I, I got one of those videos, and it was a video from Landmark Baptist Church. When Julie and I were here, for, I, many of if you are visiting, you don't know this, this is my wife and I, this is our second time around here at, uh, at Landmark Baptist Church. And so when we were younger, much younger, and this video comes up, it didn't say anything on the video except Landmark. And I didn't know what it was, and it was a, it was a video of a service from around 1996, 1997. And Julie and I were in our uh, early 30s at that point, and I'll just tell you, we look good. We look good, Amen. <laughs> Uh, probably felt a lot better, too. Um, looked better, uh, felt better. Uh, but it was wonderful because it was during what I call Landmark's heyday. And uh, in Landmark's heyday, God was doing amazing things because uh, Landmark was a church that back in the 80s and 90s was a church where you could come and you could say, if, if I'm messed up or if I'm broken, I can go to a church. There's a church there that will love on me and help me get on the right track. And that was during the time period where there were not a lot of churches doing that. In fact, there were other churches in town that would say people would go to those churches and they'd have probably, they were addicted to alcohol or they were addicted to drugs or they were struggling with area, in areas of their life or they just had a messed up home life or they were just, they were kind of all messed up and dysfunctional. And other churches, I swear to you, would say this you know what, there's a church down the road called Landmark, and that's probably where you need to go. Because you're kind of messy. And we don't really do messy around here. So there's a church called Landmark, and they got a preacher named Brother Big Mike Daniels. He's been divorced, and he's had all sorts of problems, and God uh, uh, set him on the right track again, got him straightened out. And you're exactly the kind of people that he ministers to. And you know what God did? God took that, and he honored that, and our church exploded. And at this time, on this video, it was, like I said, during the heyday, and uh, we were in that old gymatorium. Anybody here old enough to remember Landmark in the old gymatorium? And that gymatorium was packed. Landmark was probably running around 400 people at this time. It was kind of the heyday. And churches are a lot like your family and different things. There's, there's ups and there's downs and there's love and there's hate and there's, uh, great relationships, broken relationships, splits. Uh, you know, we ain't going to talk to each other for 10 years. And you know, it, it's just like a regular family. Amen. 
But during this time, because of, I believe, the faithfulness of our church to help people get themselves straightened out and on the right track, it exploded. And Julie and I, at that point, had been there 10 years. We started in 86, and this video was around 96, 97. Now, you know, if anybody walked in there, they walked into a church of 400, building was packed, and they just said, man, this, this is awesome, man. These people got it going on. They didn't see the 10 years prior, did they? Blood, sweat, and tears. And Julie and I, when we started there, we were newly married. I mean, barely married. And uh, uh, our landlords were O.T. and Vadis Moore. They're in heaven now. But O.T. and Vadis had a little garage apartment. We did that. They knew we did, that we sang in churches. We kind of had a, a traveling ministry, went to different churches, did revivals. And they said, we just lost our person doing the music. Would you come and fill in? And I said, yeah, we could probably come fill in for a week or two. And that turned into almost 12 years. Amen. <laughs> but at that time, Landmark was in a little building where the floor was rotten out right over here on 5th Street. Building's not even there anymore. It was so bad they had to tear it down. Amen. You, some of you are old timers. You remember. And that, that building was so, the floor was so rotten. You remember, Brother Ken? You'd walk, you couldn't walk too close to the wall because it, it leaned down in there because it was rotten away. Amen. And uh, 50 people, maybe 50 people, probably not even 50 people, crammed in that little falling apart little white building. That's how it started. And then 10 years of blood, sweat, tears, faithfulness, and... God blessed, it exploded in that gymatorium, 1996, 97, 400 people. God doing amazing things. Now, I can look at that one of two ways. I can either look at that and get real emotional and real attached to that and get real depressed and say, well, what happened? You know, where, why is Landmark here now and it only runs 100 instead of 400, or why, why is this happening? Or, you know, I can choose to either live in the past and live in the past glory, or I can say, you know what? God, I believe you're going to do it again. Because if God can do it once, God can do it again. Amen? Now, I don't know how many more, more years I have left. I don't know how many years of ministry and, and health I've got left, but that got me just excited enough to say, God, I want to see what you'll do over the next 10 because I can either choose to live in the past and say, well, wasn't that great? I, I sure did love that, but I guess we're just going to just be what we are now. And we'll just do church. And we'll just do church on Sunday. And we won't get excited about nothing. Or I can say, man, that was amazing. And I saw God do it once. And I believe God's going to do it again. Everybody say, do it again. Amen. And that's my prayer. God, do it again. Amen. So uh, it got me excited because I don't know what the next 10 year holds. I don't know if I got 10 years. I don't know. You know, again, none of us know because we want, we talked about this in our prayer time with the praise band. You know, we want to talk about God. Uh, Lord, I want you to show me your will. And it's some big mystery. And it's God, I, I want you to show me what's going to be happening in five years. God says, you can't, I can't show you that. You can't handle that. Well, God, I want to know what you got for me. What is your purpose and your will for my life in, for 10 years down the road? God says, you can't handle five. You sure can't handle 10. It'll blow your mind. Plus, if I show you everything, you won't do it because some of it's going to be hard. And some of it's going to be heartbreaking. And some of it's going to make you cry. And some of it's going to make you want to quit. 
And some of it you will say, if you knew ahead of time, you would say, I ain't doing it because I don't want to go through that. God's will and purpose has nothing to do with five years or ten years. Now, eventually, in five years or ten years, it will. You know what God's will has to do today? Are you going to live for me today? You just worry about today, and I got tomorrow handled. He holds tomorrow right here in his hands. Amen? So that's all I've got to worry about. If I, when I was watching those videos, I thought, and where I'm sitting here today, pastor of Landmark Baptist Church, if you'd have told me we left in 1990, uh, 1998, God uh, moved us to Longview. If you had told me at that point, well, Brother Mark, you're going to go and you're going to do 10 years at a church over in Longview. Uh, then I'm going to lead you to go plant a church, even though you've never planted a church, you've never pastored, uh, and you don't have any experience in all those things. And uh, I'm going to lead you to do that. You're going to do that for 10 years. And then you're going to end up at a church uh, in the afternoons where the pastor is going to get sick. And guess what? It's going to be the church you served at 20 years ago, and you're going to become the pastor. I'd have said, you have lost your mind. That ain't happening. None of this, I look back on all those chapters, all those videos of every chapter of my life, and I would say, I don't know how that happened, but I do know how it happened. It just came from serving God one day at a time, one day at a time, and then God said, you know what, Mark, you were faithful over that little bit. Here, I'm going to open another door. I'm going to give you a little bit more. There was no plan to all that. I didn't plan all those chapters. It was just living for God one little step, one day at a time. And as I proved myself faithful in one day, God began to open another door and a little bit bigger door and another door. And that's how you live in God's will and purpose. It ain't some great big mystery jigsaw puzzle that God is up there going, <laughs> he ain't never going to figure this out. That's not God. God is not up there going, <laughs> This is hilarious watching them stumble around and try to figure out my will for their life. That is not how God operates. God is a good father who loves you and says, walk with me today and I will show you every single day where I'm going to lead you. Amen. What was the verse? Take up your cross. If any man wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's how you find God's will and God's purpose. Just do that every single day, and God will take care of it. Because God will lead you where he wants you to go. And just pre-decide, I've been preaching about that, pre-decide, Lord, whatever door you open, you must have opened it, I'm going to walk through it. If you shut the door, I'm not going to try to knock the door down. I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm just going to follow you step by step. Seems so simple, doesn't it? Can I tell you after 60 years, it ain't that simple. But it's life. And this is where God has me. And I'm excited because I say, God, we're here for such a time as this. Thank you for the past. I glory in the past. I glory for the heydays of what you did at Landmark. But I'm excited about what you're going to do now, because you're going to do it again. Yeah. Woo! Come on! Yeah. I hadn't even started the sermon yet. Good Lord. All right. All right. One word that will change your life. Anybody remember what the word last week was? Dirty word. Remember it? 
Consistency. Uh, we, we're doing all the dirty words. See, I got everybody's attention when I said dirty words in church, didn't I? Amen. First dirty words, commitment. Nobody wants to commit to anything anymore. Can I tell you, that 10 years from 1986 to 1996, to see that blessing and see it blow up, they'd have walked in in 1996 and went, ooh, well, isn't this nice? This is a blowing going church. They didn't see all that 10 years prior, all that blood, sweat, and tears. But I'm here to tell you, it, that didn't just happen. That took 10 years of people committing themselves, investing, and saying, I, am, I believe in this church. I believe in the calling that God has on this church, and I am investing myself, and I am giving myself to this cause right here. That's what it took to get to not, in 1986. That's what it took to get to 1996. Amen? So it, it took commitment, it took consistency, and then there's a third dirty word. It doesn't start with a C. I'm sorry. I got off track. You could choose one word as a goal to achieve in your life. What one word would you use? People were asked. Here's three words they gave. Uh, successful, influential, and happy. Success. I want to be successful. Nothing wrong with that. Probably everybody would say that. I want to be influential. I want to have influence. Nothing wrong with that. I want to be happy. Nothing wrong with being happy. But you know that God doesn't ask for any of that. Is That's really not his goal for your life. I have so many people tell me, Brother Mark, I need to get out of this marriage. Well, do you have a reason to get out of this marriage? No, they just, we don't get along. He may be mad. She may be mad. And uh, surely, I believe it's God's will because surely... God wants me to be happy. Can I tell you this? Happy is an illusion. Do you believe the devil can make you believe that you're happy? Yeah. He can put you in an addiction and convince you that you're happy in that addiction. Because he's the father of lies. Can I tell you today? You may think you're happy. You may think it is easing your pain. All it's doing is numbing your pain and it is not taking your pain away. You need freedom. Freedom can only be found in Jesus. And to get free from it, you must be consistent. Remember what I said last week? For goodness sake, if you fall off the horse a hundred times, what do you do? Get back up on that horse a hundred times. Because the hundred and first time that you fall off and you decide, I'm, it's too hard, I'm not getting back up, you have lost. You have lost. Don't lose. You fall 100 times, get back up. You fall 200 times, get back up. Do you think everybody that became sober instantly became sober the minute that they decided to start working on it? No. It was do good, fall off, get back up. Do good for a while, fall off, get back up, go for a while. And each time it got a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. It's work. Everything in life is work. Amen? You must get ready for the work. Okay? Uh, when we get to heaven, here's what you won't hear. Well done, my good and successful servant. Well done, my good and influential servant. Well done, my good and, what was the last one? Happy servant. Every one of the disciples died a martyr's death. You know what that means? Everyone except one. You know what that means? 
They were uh, Peter didn't want, he would, felt he wasn't good enough uh, to die like his Savior did, so he had them crucify him upside down on a cross. Do you think that made them happy? That doesn't sound very happy, does it? But they said, I have given my life to Christ, and I count it an honor to die anywhere near like him. That's a martyr's death. And I'm not saying God don't want you to be happy every once in a while. Happiness is a wonderful thing. But happiness and joy are two different things. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord says that I am content in him no matter what I'm going through. Happiness is all based on your circumstances and your feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Trying to forget you. If you live based off your emotions, you're going to be a mess. And some of you, I know you, and you're a mess. Amen? Because everything is based, every decision, everything is based off my emotions. Can you fall in love with somebody and it not be a good idea to marry that person? Uh, yes. Hello. Duh. But I love them, and I can't help that I love them. I know. You can't control the emotion, but guess what? You can have the emotion, and it still not be, it'd be a very bad idea. Because your life is not based on emotions. God created those emotions, but you better not live your life off of them. You need to live your life based off the knowledge of who God says you are. Who does God say you are? His child. Created to live for his glory. Is marrying that person that is not good for you and going to lead you down the wrong path good for God's glory? No, it is not. So no matter what your feelings, I love you, but I can't be married to you. I've known a lot of people like that. They love each other. I know, I know at least 10 couples off the top of my head right now that would tell you we love each other, but we cannot live in the same house. Got it? It is possible. Everything you do, you have to treat it as if that other person matters more than you do. How did Julie and I stay married for, hang on, let me do the math. 37, fixing me 38 years. Is it by me always wanting to get my way all the time? No. Wouldn't have lasted the first year. Amen? But it is by both of us saying, we ought to work at this. And I must treat her as more important than myself. She must treat me, Julie, as more important than herself. Amen? So we must understand that it is not one, it's not 50-50. It's some days she's got to give 100 because I'm down, and some days I got to give 100 because she's down. And it is work, work, work every single day. And if I start to get selfish, if I start to get all emotional, it's all about me. And when you hurt my feelings or you didn't think about me like this, then guess what? It ain't going to last very long because it is work every single day to look more like Christ in my marriage than to be right. I tell some people, I said, you're more concerned about being right than you are about being married. Because if you want to be right all the time, you ain't going to stay married. Amen? It's not about you being right all the time. Sometimes you've got to suck it up and be the adult. Uh-oh. And say, 
you know, I don't feel like I was wrong. You probably don't say this part. You know, I don't feel like I was wrong, but guess what? I'm going to be the biggest person here, and I'm going to say, I'm sorry. And even though we may not see eye to eye on this, let's figure out how we can come together on this and compromise, and let's move on. That's how you make it work. Amen? If it's all about you all the time, it is not going to work. I ain't even preached a sermon yet. Hang on. Uh, I've got, boy, I'm down a rabbit hole. Amen? Uh, so we must predecide. I will be faithful. Our flesh moves towards what is easy and convenient. In your marriage, if you move what's towards what's easy and convenient, you are not going to stay married very long because it takes work and sacrifice. And sometimes I have to say, I will put myself aside for the good of that woman. Amen? That, that woman right there. Amen. All right? For the good of that woman. Amen? That's, I got a full-time job right there. I'm sorry. I can't do anything for any of y'all. Amen? All right. Um, so I will be faithful. And it's not easy. It's not convenient. Being faithful and doing right is rarely easy. It's hard. And it always comes with a cost. What is the cost of having a good marriage? Treating that other more important, putting myself aside. Sounds familiar to a scripture, doesn't it? I must, we all like to take up the cross part, but we forget the part before that. In order to take up the cross, you've got to do something else first. What is that? Deny yourself. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Amen. That denying yourself, that ain't no fun. That ain't no fun because I like me. I got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit selfish. I like Mark Trammell. I like for Mark Trammell to be happy. I like for Mark Trammell to be comfortable. And sometimes my wife asks me to do things that I am not, that's not, I, I'm not comfortable with that. Amen. Mark, would you come do these dishes? Well, honey, I'm just... I just sat down. They're in overtime on the TV. This game is really good. And I'm just not comfortable. That's not convenient for me right now. But if I want a good marriage, what should I say? Uh, yes, dear. I'll be right there, dear. Amen. That's, it, it comes with a cost. Here's the scripture. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Brother Mark, where are you going? Good Lord. Uh, Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his what? By his faith. All right? So let's just dive right in. Three ways God wants you to be faithful. I've, I targeted three areas that God wants you to be faithful in. I want you to take pictures or write it down because this is good stuff. Amen? Uh, the first area that God wants you to be faithful in is the way you treat people. Look at this one. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every interaction that you have with somebody is an opportunity to add value to their life. Now, again, going back to my uh, looking at my past and looking at all those videos, you know what I saw in a lot of those videos? At every one of those chapters, unless I was the pastor, these uh, last couple, um, there was a pastor above me, and I had to learn to be faithful and serve under another man. Because I believe before you can ever be a good leader, you must learn to be a good follower. Amen? And so every one of those chapters early on in those videos, there was a godly man who was there who was my mentor. 
and who is leading the way. Of course, in 1996-97, that was Brother Mike Daniels. Amen. And learned a lot of good things from Brother Mike. We all did. Amen. Was he perfect? No. But he was a good man. Amen. Taught me a lot of things. Uh, when I, I go all the way back to when I surrendered to the ministry, Brother Milton Gardner. These people are all in heaven now, but Brother Milton Gardner was my pastor. And I surrendered to the ministry at 18 years old, and I had no clue what that meant. Uh, still don't some days, amen, because uh, it entails a whole lot of things. But Brother Gardner, uh, he was patient, and he mentored me. And these men all poured into my life. And how did they pour into your life, Brother Mark? Because I had people come to me and say, Brother Mark, I see these things that God has in you. You have certain gifts. You have certain talents and abilities, and I believe in you. I believe God wants to do something with you. I believe God's going to do great things with you. Keep working on that and keep doing that, and I'm your biggest cheerleader. And I will help you in any way I can, and just I want you. I believe you have value. I believe God's going to do something, and people were just pouring into my life. Do you, does, would you like some of that? Everybody wants some of that. I don't know about you, but I respond at work. I don't respond, I don't know what kind of boss you have at work, but I don't respond well to the trammel, you're worthless. Why did God even put you on earth? You are the sorriest employee at this place. I don't know why you're even here, but go do your job. I don't respond well to that. But when somebody comes up to me and they say, Mark, you did good on this. Read, read the Apostle Paul's letters to the churches. You know what Paul always did? He could rip them, rip them upside, one side and down the other, but it was always about three chapters in. You know what Paul did the first two chapters? He told them everything they were doing right and how much he loved them and how much of an encourager they were. And here's all the things you do right. And then he'd get to about chapter three and he'd go, all right, let's talk about the things you need to work on. Amen. But he would butter them up. And you may say, well, that's weak. Can I tell you this? That ain't weak. That is strong, amen? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And so I responded a lot better when somebody told me, Brother Mark, you're so good at this. You're so good in this area. You're so good. But here's the areas you need to work on. And I want to encourage you. Work on these areas, but keep doing what you're doing. Because God's got his hand on you, and God is doing something with you. Whew. I could go six months to a year on just that right there. Amen? Because somebody pours into your life and encourages you every time you interact with somebody. And can I say this? Not even a conversation, a text, an email, everything you have. I, I've told you this before. Sometimes I will sit with my phone, and I'll just go down my contacts. And I'll say, God, put somebody on my heart in my contacts. And a name, for whatever reason, will come up in the contacts, and I'll say, that's the one. I'll punch it, go to text, and I will say, hey, I just wanted you to know, uh, I'm so proud I know you. And I love you, and I'm praying for you today. Simple. Send. Do you know how much that means to somebody? Just to get a text like that in the middle of the day for no reason? An email. Maybe at work you send out hundreds of emails, receive hundreds of emails. What if about every 50 of those was somebody just bragging on you and telling you how good a job you're doing? Man, that's amazing, isn't it? 
Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. The scripture on this one is Ephesians 4.29. And most people look at this verse. How many of y'all thought this, this verse was about cussing? If you're honest, most of you. You know this scripture has nothing to do with cussing? Taking God's name in vain, that type of stuff. This is talking about the way you talk to people. This is talking about the way you gossip about people. Uh-oh, Brother Mark, okay, stop, 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 stop. Get a little personal there. When you talk behind somebody's back, look at this verse. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Amen. That doesn't have anything to do with dirty talk or cussing. That has to do with the way you treat people, the way you talk about people. I'm here to tell you, well, and some people, I know they say, and we talked about this last week, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I'm wired. If people can't handle it, they don't need to be around me. That's why you ain't got no friends. Amen? Let's just be blunt. Let's be truthful. Amen? Uh, How you treat people, again, when you're lying in a casket, when we have your funeral, and I got news for you, we're going to have one for everybody here, unless the Lord comes back. Your body's going to be laying here in a box, And the only thing people are going to remember is how you made them feel. And if you were just somebody who was just critical, judgmental, and just found the wrong in everybody and the wrong in everything, I'm here to tell you, there won't be a whole lot of people in the seats. Because at the end of the day, it's about how you made them feel. Amen. Sometimes I do funerals for people I didn't even know, but I can tell a lot by just showing up and seeing who's in the crowd. What kind of person was this? What do the people have to say about them? Okay. Um, All right. Every conversation, every text, every email is an opportunity to love, build up, and add value. You have no idea how God might use a single word of encouragement. I'll even go back all the way to high school. I was a very shy kid. Shocker, I know. Uh, I didn't like to talk. That's why this is amazing, because I didn't like to talk in front of people. I evidently got over that. Um, but uh, there was, I, I, I love to sing, but I didn't sing in front of people either. Started in the shower, like most of y'all, amen? And my mama knew, a few people knew, but I didn't sing in public. And, uh, but there was this pretty girl in the choir at school and at church. So I decided, well, I think I can sing. I think I can carry too. So I'm going to get involved in music. And... There was a young choir teacher, I think it was her first job, uh, Ann Maxwell, lives over in Frankston now, not teaching anymore, but Ann Maxwell, I need to tell her this because I don't know if I've ever shared this with her, but she encouraged me all the way back to about 17 years old. She said, Mark, I believe you've got a gift, and I believe God can use that, and I just want to keep going, and then I got to be a senior in high school. She said, they're having they're having uh, auditions for scholar- music scholarships at TJC, what do you want to do in college? I don't know. Like most 18-year-olds, I ain't got a clue. You know, I don't know. Make money. I just want to make money. I don't know. Well, let me give you, don't, don't major in music if you want to make money. But anyway, that's another story. Amen. But, uh, but it was a free education. I, I tried out, got it, got a full scholarship. Amen. So uh, one, you have no idea what just one encouraging word can do to somebody. I can say 60 years old now, I need to, I need to text or email or call Miss Ann Maxwell and say, I don't know if you know this, but you had a long-term effect on my life. 
gave me the courage to do some things I never would have done otherwise. Um, number two, here's another way you can be faithful. Oh, boy, you know the preacher going here. How you steward your resources. Matthew 25, 21 says this. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Do you want God to bless you? You need to learn how to steward your resources. And I am talking about tithing. Uh, there are consumers at church and there are investors. Can I tell you, again, going back, the way God blessed from 1986 to 1996 was not based on consumers. It was based on people who said, I will commit myself to this cause. I believe in this church. I believe what they're doing to reach people and get people on the right track, and I will invest. I will invest my life. I will invest my finances. I will invest everything. Can I tell you this? You may have a business here at church. Uh, I'm going to use Miss Mary's workplace, Mama's Restaurant. I love Mama's Restaurant. Amen? Plug for Miss Mary, amen. Go let her be your uh, your waitress, amen. It'll be an experience you'll never forget, amen. I promise you that. But here's the thing: uh, I can go to Mama's all day long, but if all I go in there and I do is uh, get a glass of water, and I say I just came here to talk to Mary, and I'm not going to eat any food, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna drink, bring me water. You can put a slice of lemon in there for free, and uh, I'm just gonna sit and I'm gonna talk with Mary because I really don't like the food. Now, what am I? I am, I'm just, I'm just there. But until I actually buy the food and spend some money, I've not done anything to support Mama's Restaurant. I, to do that, I have to buy the food, eat the food, go regularly. Some of these restaurants shut down, and I'll tell Julie, I said, we should have ate there. They went out because we did not support them. Amen. We've got to go out, eat out more. Amen. Uh, but seriously, that's what you do. You know, if I like this place, then I tell you, I'm going to be a regular customer. I like what you're doing here. I like the food. I like the service. And I'm going to invest my money right here. Amen. And that's how you make a business successful. Can I tell you, it don't work any different than in the church. Amen. You put your life in. Don't just be a consumer here. Be an investor. Uh, I want to honor God with my finances. I want to honor God with my business. I want to honor God uh, in everything, and I want to be passionate about my stewardship. Can I tell you, a lot of people want to wonder, why is God not blessing me, and why am I not moving to the next level? Look at yourself. If you are not tithing, you're not being faithful over a little thing. And if you want to go to the next level, and you want the Lord to open the doors to the Many things and the bigger things, you must first see again. We're good at looking at the result, we don't want to look at the requirement. But look at that well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. We like to concentrate on the oh, I want to be ruler over many things. I want God to give me a lot of responsibility. I want to be high up and I want to be important. But here, can I tell you this right here? What does it say before that? You got to be faithful over a few things, learn to tithe. Amen. Learn to be a passionate giver. A cheerful giver is what the Lord says. Many people are confused. Well, Brother Mark, I can't give because I don't have nothing. What are you living on? What do you pay your bills with? Can I tell you, it's called income. Some people want to say, well, you know, I don't have nothing to tithe on because I don't have a job. Well, you're paying your bills with something, and it's income. And so 
if, you, if you're questionable about what do you tithe on, it's what came in. What came in? What, how do you pay your bills? What, what is coming in so that it can go out to pay your bills? It's not rocket science, people. And you may say, well, Brother Mark, that's unfair because I can't give hundreds of thousand dollars. Is that what I said? No. That's why it's a tithe. That's why it's ingenious. That's why God is a genius. It's just 10% of whatever came in. That's called income. And so I need to tithe on the income. Does it matter how it came? Did it come from a, an unemployment check? Income. Did it come from a disability check? Income. It's, some people are so confused, and they want to make it so difficult. It's just not. Amen? I was taught very early on by Brother Mike Daniels. And, you know, I didn't make a whole lot of money. So I learned as a college student going to school full-time that if I, wanted, if I, if I got $100 in, I just put $10 back to the Lord. It's, it's 10%. It's real easy, 0 0.10. It's not rocket science. And if you learn to be faithful on $50, then when it becomes $500 a week, or maybe you do really, really good and it becomes $5,000, then it's just easier because you learn down here. And because I can tell you, it's a whole lot harder to write that check for that tithe on $5,000 than it is on that $50. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, did God give it to you? Did God bless you with it? Does it not all belong to him? Yes. Okay, Brother Mark, you can get off that now. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, can I say this? And this is the last thing I'll say about it. God doesn't promote. Listen, God does not promote in the future until we're faithful in the present. You want to be blessed and get bigger things? Be faithful in the little things. Amen. Um, scripture, that same one, Matthew 25, 25 and 26 says this. Uh, remember this parable of the talents? The master gives the talents out, and one of them goes and buries it in the ground. Look at him, what happened to him. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. In other words, I did not invest it. I did not invest it. I took what you gave me, and I went and I hid it in the ground. And look, here, you have what is yours. I'll just give it back to you now. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. He didn't call him uh, lazy, just lazy. What did he call him? He called him wicked and lazy servant. Amen. Mm. All right. We'll get off of that. So everybody say praise the Lord. All right. Number three, how do you respond to God? Are you faithful in the way you respond to God? Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. What is a prompting? Does everybody know what the Holy Spirit is? Or who's saved in the building? Who's saved in the building? Did you know the Bible says that you received the gift of the Holy Spirit when you got saved? That means the Spirit of God came to live inside of you. Now, there's a war going on between your spirit and your flesh. But if you're a saved individual, you have the presence and the Spirit of God living inside of you, all right? So here's what you must understand. Um, obedience is our responsibility. God has asked you to be obedient. So when he prompts you, the Holy Spirit will prompt you, all right? And every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. When God tells you to talk to that person, do you know what that is? That's a prompting from the Holy Spirit. When God tells you to pull over on the side of the road and help that person on the side of the road, that is a prompting from the Holy Spirit to, uh, to respond to him. So whenever God prompts you or the Holy Spirit prompts you, 
It's an opportunity to obey God. All right? Um, look at this one because this is the most important thing in what I'll say today. Uh, obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. I'm sorry, I didn't put that uh, in, the, in the slides, but listen to it. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. So what you may say is, Brother Mark, told, uh, you're telling me, Holy Spirit's telling me to go talk to that person right there, but I don't want to go talk to that person right there. Uh, Lord, because they may reject me or they make, may make fun of me for coming and telling them about Jesus. And I can tell you this, my responsibility is not the outcome. My responsibility is to do exactly what God told me to do. If God told me to go talk to that person, then I need to go talk to that person. I don't need to worry about the outcome. God prompted me to do it. I need to go do it and let God handle the outcome. Amen. That is God's responsibility is the outcome. We're always worried about, well, I don't want to share my faith because somebody make, might make fun of me. Well, what an honor and a privilege to get made fun of for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they're going to make fun of you, so be it. And you can just say, hey, God must have wanted me to get made fun of today. And that's okay because the outcome is up to him. Uh, obedience is my part. All right? I've told you a little bit about um, the chapters of my life. And they are in 10 and 12-year chapters. Uh, and I want you to understand, never underestimate what God can do with a lifetime of faithfulness. Let me say this, and Julie, the band can come at this point. Um, I want you to understand this. Everybody listening? Understand this. I look back after 60 years in my life. And there's been a lot of hard stuff. been a lot of tears. A lot of brokenheartedness. One thing I didn't tell you was watching that video, I saw a lot of people on that video that are in heaven now. I saw a lot of people on that video that are serving God, still serving God, maybe in other churches, but they're still serving God. But here's the part that broke my heart. I saw a lot of people that I know, they've wandered away from the Lord. They're not in church right now. They're not plugged in. They're not invested, and they are not serving the Lord. They are prodigals wandering out, and it breaks my heart to see that. And I want to encourage you today, faithfulness, commitment, consistency, faithfulness. God's been good to me better than I deserve, but I'm here to tell you too, I believe it's because of faithfulness. And it ain't over yet. I could still mess it up, couldn't I? Because it ain't about the beginning of the race. It's about the end of the race. How strong do I finish the race? And I'm here to tell you, I want to finish strong because I want to hear my Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know what I don't want to hear? Whoo, Mark, you really messed that last chapter up. And Mark, well, Mark, you made it in by the skin of your teeth. That is not what I want to hear. I want to finish strong, and I want to hear the Lord say, Mark, you did good, and you finished strong. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. Or maybe you're here today and you're one of those prodigals. You've wandered away. I want to tell you, the Lord is always right there with his arms open wide, waiting to receive you back. And if that's you today, you're not sure of your salvation or if you need to come back to the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart, and your mind, your spirit. Just pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you 
to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me. And that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the second time or the hundredth time as a prayer of salvation or recommitment, would you raise a hand up so I can pray for you? I'm not going to ask you. Come, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, here's what I want you to do. We're fixing to have a time of invitation. I want you to come here and just say, Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer. That's all you got to say. I'll take care of the rest. If you need to come today and join a church, I know a good one. This is a good one. But don't come and just be a consumer. Come and plug in, be an investor. Amen. If you need to come and just come to the altar and pour out your heart to God, you can do that. If you need somebody to pray with you, Brother Martin's on this side of the stage. I'll be on this side of the stage. We would love to pray with you. Father, have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If you need to come, you come at this time. If you raised your hand, you come and just tell me that you prayed that prayer today. Amen. Praying God come and turn this thing around. God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. I'm calling on your name. It changes everything. God turn it around. God, turn it around, God, turn it around. All of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. You need to come, you come on.
God can turn it all around. Amen. Isn't that good? You can be seated for a second. And uh, God is good. Amen. We have a couple of young people that came and they said, uh, and I've been talking with them uh, leading up to this, but they said uh, today they prayed that prayer with me uh, as a prayer of salvation. And so uh, this is Shelby and Jacob, right? Uh, Shelby and Jacob, come on if you would. Amen. Stand right here. This is Shelby and Jacob. They come professing their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And so uh, I want you to come by. I want you to let them know how proud we are of them, that we love them, we're praying for them, and uh, that we're, we're here to help them along the way. Amen. Because we need each other. Amen. Uh, you can't do without church. Uh, I know a lot of people, that's counter to culture today. A lot of people won't say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Church hurt me. Somebody hurt my feelings. Well, I'm sorry, buttercup. Amen. Everybody's going to hurt your feelings. The church is going to hurt your feelings because church is made up of people, and people are imperfect. Amen. And, but we, that doesn't mean that uh, God didn't intend for the church. We are here to help each other. We need each other. Amen. So you come by, and you just uh, shake your hand. Uh, these two and let them know that you're praying for them okay let's stand hey don't forget there's a the movie coming out the jesus revolution about the uh the jesus movement in the 70s and uh, brother greg and uh, several of us uh, talked about getting a group together when's that kind of february february 24th is when it opens we want to try to get a group from church together so if you're interested in that uh let greg know uh yeah and greg uh don't tell me about something, Brother Greg. It'll be in your lap, amen? <laughs> these, these people have learned this, amen? That's why nobody comes to me with anything. Now, Brother, Brother Greg, if you'll just write names down of folks who are interested, and uh, again, it's one of those things where we can buy tickets if we know who all's interested ahead of time, okay? Hey, uh, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for Shelby and Jacob, God, and their decision for you today. Lord, I pray that you'd be very real in their lives. Thank you that none of us deserve salvation, but you have given it freely. And, God, you have set us free, paid for our sins on the cross. We love you. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. Go have a great rest of your day. Come tell these two that you're proud of them this morning. Amen.